Welcome everybody from all around the world. Welcome to this podcast. Escaping the entanglements of our lives. You got yours. And I've got mine. I'm your host. I'm Dolphins Q. I'm the originator and the creator of this podcast. Now our lives, yours and mine, are easily influenced by things both real and imaginary. It is easy to be entangled in things. Some are real, some are imaginary. But all of them can have a reaction. And sometimes that reaction can be life-changing. And sometimes it can be as harmless as a drop of rain on a summer day. But this podcast is my way of dealing with one of the entanglements of my life. You know, we all need a certain amount of tension in our lives. Without that tension, without a certain amount of tension, who knows what will happen to us. But we don't need a hell of a lot of stress. Stress will bring you down (laughs) quicker than one of them old old (laughs) AK-47s. And so that is why we must free ourselves from a lot of these entanglements that entangle us and chokes the very lives out of us. So what can we do? (laughs) Well, the most simplest thing we can do is do like Buddha. And go sit under a yum yum tree. I hope you are following me. And you can reach me at DolphusQ at yahoo.com or qdolphus at gmail.com. Be glad to hear from you. But now, 
like the walrus said, the time has come. Yes, my friends, all around the world, the time has come for the reading of the word. Chapter 16, episode 16, The Big Payback. Jimmy's voice sounded like Judgment Day. Verb started to laugh. Willie James pointed the long barrel of the Colt 45. You heard, though, the Hulk. Script naked. Cheetah started to sweat, swallow, and explain. Slick boy didn't move an inch. He held his hands up like he was showing there was nothing up his sleeves. But his eyes bounced around like a ping pong ball like they search for a way out. But, but, insisted Cheetah, I only stood by the door, remember? I only stood by the door. Did you hear what he said? Script naked, Willie James shouted. Look, man, we just made a mistake, Slick Boy said. You know how it is suddenly... Like a burst of lightning, the long barrel of the Colt 45 smashed upside Slick Boy's head. The blow broke the skin and brought forth a cry of pain and a trickle of blood. Cheetah began removing his clothes like each piece was on fire. Slick Boy appeared dazed and confused as he clasped a hand to the wound and clenched his teeth. Willie James pressed his lips together and hammered the long barrel upside Slick Boy's head and in spite of Slick Boy's cover-up, the barrel found unprotected places to strike and with each new bloody strike, Willie James reminded Slick Boy what was required of him. Script naked! Didn't he say script naked? Slick Boy dropped to his knees and complied with quickness. Cheetah was down to nothing, sweating, shaking, crying, and declaring his innocence. Oh, oh, all I did was stand by the door. God knows that's all I did. Jimmy said nothing as he watched the culprits become naked as jaybirds before his eyes. How does it feel, huh? Neither Cheetah nor Slick Boy looked at Jimmy as they had no answers to give, but their lack of response didn't satisfy Jimmy. He began to shout, Damn it, how does it feel? It doesn't feel good, said Slick Boy. I'm sorry, there's no excuse for what we did, but we can get your money back, all of it. Just give us a break. Come on, brother, give us a break. Jimmy snapped. I'm not your brother. Remember that's what you told me? There was a pause of silence in the room that seemed to allow those words to sink in deep. Cheetah breached the pause of silence. So, to 
So what do you plan to do with us? It ain't up to me, Willie James said, and ordered the two to sit on the love seat. He asked Verb if he had anything to tie up their hands. Verb bound their hands behind their backs and the right ankle of Cheetah to the left ankle of Slick Boy with duct tape as Willie James and Jimmy watched with their pointed weapons of destruction, the Colt 45 and the 22 automatic. Cheetah ventured his question once more. Jimmy Hart's pounded in his chest. The 22 automatic shook in his hand. His voice sounded harsh and cold. His voice sounded harsh and cold. To take you two out like the garbage you are. Wait a minute, interjected verb. I'm cool with that, but not here. I don't want a bloody mess to clean up. Jimmy nodded, admitting that Verb was right. He turned his eyes towards Willie James. Is there some place outside we can take them to rot? Willie James smiled. Yeah, right close by, the graveyard. A sense of dread and a coating of sweat quickly spread over the doomed faces of the naked duo. Cheetah sang a refrain of being wrong and promised to straighten out that wrong if given one more chance. Slick Boy shut his eyes and appealed to Jesus for mercy, promising he would change his ways, join the church, and never do evil anymore. Help me, Jesus. Please, help me, Jesus. Slick boy cried, with tears running down his cheeks. Please, 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 Cheetah cried with his eyes focused upon Jimmy. You know I only stood by the door. That's all I did. Jimmy remained unmoved as the naked duo was led outside to the Crown Victoria. Cheetah continued to cry and insist that he only stood by the door. Slick boy continued to pray to Jesus for a divine intervention. Verb slammed the rear door once the naked duo was seated. He elected not to participate any further. Cheetah and Slick Boy continued to beg and pray for their lives as Willie James drove the Crown Victoria towards the graveyard like it was a hearse. I only stood by the door, Cheetah cried. Please, you can't kill me for that. I'm innocent. You saw me. I only stood by the door. Help me, Jesus. Slick boy prayed. Cover me with your precious blood. The Crown Victoria turned off the highway. The high beam headlights of the Crown Victoria shined upon a faded sign nailed to a tree that read, Pine Grove Cemetery. The dirt road was narrow and rutted. It had to be navigated slowly. The headlight beams revealed what looked like a weed patch forgotten by the world as the Crown Victoria creeped into dark shadows, revealing hidden tombstones, headstones, grave, grave markers, and upright crosses.
Jimmy got the creeps. The skin on his arms were covered with goosebumps. He wanted to know how much farther they had to travel. Willie James said there was a railroad tracks back there, and he wanted to get close to them. He finally reached a clearing near the tracks. He stopped and shut off the engine, but left the headlights on. Both he and Jimmy got out. Jimmy opened the rear door. This is the end of the line. Get out. Cheetah shook like a leaf in the wind. Slick boy remained lost in prayer. Neither one appeared to hear. Willie James became impatient and pulled them out. They lay huddled on the ground like bags of garbage, their ankles taped together, refusing to move an inch. Willie James looked down at them with disgust. He ordered them to their knees. Then he looked at Jimmy. Dog, they're all yours. You want to use this? Willie James held out the Colt 45. Jimmy's heartbeat increased as he accepted the nickel-plated instrument of death. It was heavy and felt awkward in his hand. But as he held the Colt 45, he began to feel an emerging sense of power. A bitter taste flooded his mouth. He thought of Joe Grimes and jabbed the mouth of the long barrel against the bridge of Cheetah's nose, squarely between his eyes. His thumb cocked the hammer. The metallic click zipped Cheetah's lips. The long barrel knocked with unsteadiness at the bridge of Cheetah's nose. Cheetah's eyes opened and closed like they were irritated by wind-blown pollen. His lips trembled like they sought words that just wouldn't come. Jimmy wanted to say something meaningful before he pulled the trigger. Something like, this is payback for what you have all done to me. But his hand trembled like it was stricken suddenly with a case of palsy, which caused his forefinger to accidentally touch the hair trigger. Instantly, the Colt 45 responded twice. Its booming response sounded like payback to Jimmy's ears. The sound was deafening. It rang in Jimmy's ears. Cheetah's head jerked back twice and then fell forward towards Slick Boy, quickly covering him with blood. Jimmy looked at the pistol in his hand. It felt heavier and hotter than it had before it fired, but it no longer shook. A curl of white smoke waffled from the barrel. It made Jimmy think of ghosts, perhaps of Cheetah's ghosts. And as he pondered, above the ringing in his ears, he began to hear the weeping and repeating voice of Slick Boy. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Jimmy gazed down at Slick Boy, who looked up into his eyes, repeating his plea as if Jimmy was Jesus. The Colt 45 dropped 
to Jimmy's side as if it had finished its job. Get up, Jimmy demanded. Stop your praying to Jesus and run for your miserable life. Slick boy's eyes stretched with surprise. You ain't going to shoot me, huh? You ain't going to shoot me? I said, get up, shouted Jimmy. Get up and run for your miserable life. Slick boy struggled to his feet, his hand duct taped behind his back, and the dead body of Cheetah duct taped to his ankle. Running was next to impossible. He tugged at the heavy burden, barely moving. Jimmy watched him with the barrel of the Colt 45 pointed to the ground. Willie James watched too. Dog, you gonna let him get away? Jimmy didn't answer. He stared like he was in a trance as Slick Boy struggled towards the darkened shadows. Willie James calmly tucked the pistol from his hand and pointed at Slick Boy as he reached the shadows. Let me finish him off, dog. Willie James fired two shots into the shadows. Slick Boy yelled once and went silent. Willie James drove the crown back Victoria back to Potter's quarters. Neither Willie James nor Jimmy uttered a word. The ringing persisted in Jimmy's ears as he relived the experience of accidentally touching the trigger. The look of horror on Cheetah's tear-stained face provided him no satisfaction. It didn't take long to reach Potter's quarters. Willie James didn't turn off the engine. He got out the car and walked to the door. He knocked and called. Mr. Turner opened the door. He looked like he was just about drunk. Come on in, Mr. Turner slurred. No, I'm only bringing Dalt back, Mr. Turner, Willie James said. I'm spending the night with Josephine. Mr. Turner stood like he was aboard a ship on a rough sea. Well, ain't nothing wrong with that. Come on in, Jimmy, come on in. Jimmy hurried to the bedroom and shut the door. He stood with his back against it. He stood in the darkness a long moment before he turned on the overhead blue light. The light revealed blood on his shirt and on the leg of his trousers. Jimmy quickly scripped to his underwear. He gathered the bloody shirt and trousers into a ball and pushed them under the bed. He turned off the blue light overhead and climbed into the bed, but sleep seemed to be next to impossible. It seemed the moment he shut his eyes, he could hear the ringing in his ears and saw a kaleidoscope of images, tombstones, Grave markers, waffling white smoke, dark shadows, standing crosses, glushing blood, and Slick Boy slowly dragging the dead body of Cheetah into the dark shadows. Jimmy kept his eyes open in the darkness and stared at the blackness of the ceiling. Through the white noise of his mind, he began to hear his own breath. Inhaling and exhaling, Jimmy began to focus upon the sound of his breath. He maintained his focus for what seemed like an immeasurable amount of time 
until it was broken by a steady tap upon the window pane. Jimmy jumped, but instantly felt relieved. He knew it was Billy Jean. He hurried to the window and whispered an acknowledgement. He opened the back door and greeted her like a savior, but Billy Jean was too tired to notice. She had a box of ribs. They were still warm. Jimmy noticed red spots on her uniform. Oh, I'm so tired, she said when she got into the room and made herself comfortable upon the bed. You must have been wide awake waiting on that dessert, eh? Jimmy chuckled and joined her on the bed. You must have been smoking some weed. Your eyes look mighty red. Oh, I just need some sleep, Jimmy replied as he rubbed his eyelids. Billie Jean opened the box. It resembled a shoebox. It was lined with foil and stuffed with a slab of ribs. The ammonia, the aroma of barbecue permeated the air. She laughed and tore a rib bone from the slab. She held the meaty bone before Jimmy's lips like one would do a dog or a child. After you eat a few of these ribs, you won't have any problem going to sleep. Jimmy accepted the offering and chewed with relish. Hmm, these are good. Billie Jean was chewing too. I was supposed to put all the leftovers in to the walk-in, but I thought about you and sneaked out a slab. I didn't have time to cut it, but this is so tender you can... Pull it apart with your fingers, see? She tore off another piece and held it up to his lips. Open up. Girl, you treat me like a baby or something, Jimmy said, faking displeasure. Billie Jean smiled. Or maybe like a king. Jimmy accepted her offering and smiled back at her with puffed out cheeks. The meat tasted good. And suddenly he felt at ease within himself, like nothing bad had happened. They ate and laughed until neither wanted another morsel. Billie Jean got up and took the box into the kitchen. Jimmy, Jean, uh, Jimmy heard water running in the sink. She returned with a dishcloth and gave it to Jimmy. He wiped his hand and looked at her with a mischievous smile. That was good. The only thing missing is a little dessert. <laughs> Billie Jean sat down on the bed and bent her head to his shoulder and yawned. If I crawled in this bed with you, I won't be getting out. And I know exactly what's going to happen. Mama will find me all wrapped up in your arms in the morning, and she will raise holy hell. So you will have to wait a while longer for that dessert, okay? She lifted her head and kissed him lightly on the lips. Jimmy watched as she walked from the room. He got up and closed the door. Then he turned off the blue light with a smile. The darkness didn't bother him as he returned to the bed. He shut his eyes and soon drifted off peacefully to sleep. <laughs> and thus we have reached the end 
of another episode. And I ask people all around the world to join us next Thursday for another episode of Escaping the Entanglements of Our Lives. So long, everybody. <laughs>